0: You are listening to the Holistic Travel Nurse Podcast. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope you enjoy this one. And um, this one is a truth telling by Dr. David Martin. You can go do research. He spoke at a church and every time I could find anytime he actually speaks <laughs> and it's posted somewhere um, online and sometimes it's hard to find because like this wasn't publicized everywhere. Um, you need to hear him. Smart man and Dr. Judy Mokovitz. Um, speaking with what the government and what Main Street media is not telling you. Go do your own research. Go to DuckDuckGo. Do, do your own research. But take what you're hearing here and go do your own research. Thanks for listening. 80s,
1: whether it was terrorists who were blowing up things in New York in the 1990s, whether it was the hijack of the Federal Reserve in the 2000s, whether it was Anthony Fauci deciding to terrorize the rest of the world starting in 1999, I was on a passion bend to make sure the truth prevailed, but missing from the truth was kindness. And I am the man you see in front of the camera, and I'm the man you see on this film, and I'm the man you see right now because I was blessed by a woman who was sent to tell me Don't just be smart, don't just be right, be kind. And before we watch this film, I wanna say two more things. One, to all the security that's watching over us right now, I honor and salute you. Thank you for caring about all of us. I'm deeply, deeply grateful And the last thing I wanna say is Mickey Willis would love to be here tonight. In fact, Judy and I were just talking (laughs) to him a few hours ago and and he was lamenting the fact that he couldn't be here tonight, but the work that he did was actually an extremely important story. What you're gonna see tonight has been ridiculed, has been lampooned, has been challenged, has been contested, has led to threats, real and physical.
0: Okay, he's talking, you're not going to be able to hear the whole movie. You're going to have to go find it, the Plandemic. Um, I haven't actually seen it. I don't even know where I can find it, but he does talk about where you can go find it in here, so I will go watch it myself. Um, But when he's talking about them playing it, you won't hear the movie. You're going to hear the questions after um, people watch the movie. So keep listening and enjoy.
1: fact-checker, any fact-checker, who would go head-to-head with me on camera. And now I'm going to say something, and Pastor Dave, I'm asking forgiveness before I say this, but evil is chicken shit when it comes to truth. Because it turns out, it turns out that a year later... Not a single person has been willing to go Naked Dave against their army of fact checking because the difference between me and them is, I remember it all. And they're making their shit up. And the funny thing is, when you tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. Do not forget that. The truth requires no memory, it merely requires your voice. Let's watch the movie. With exactly everything you just saw. This is not a find the evil moment. This is each and every one of our find, our calling moment. That's what this is.
0: it looks like my internet is being funky monkey right when I want to do something and share something amazing I'm also trying to upload at the same time um an episode the vaccine is not a cure so go check out that episode if you've not heard it uh it's a good one how to fight tyranny and it's trying to upload and this is circling I don't know what's going on with my wi-fi um, I just recently gotten to um, Oregon and yes, I wear a mask at work, but I also deal with stuff where I, I do it to protect myself. It's a long story. I put a whole face shield on, um, but that's protocol. It's been protocol before COVID. <laughs> um, so, but out in public, I won't wear my mask. <laughs> so in the opening okay, of the Q&A, so keep listening.
1: And I'm just so honored that we can finally be on a stage together so beautiful thank you thank you thank you thank you i'm going to open up the q and a with a very simple request we do no one a service by stepping into a role that none of us hold we are not the judge jury and executioner On a person justice is mine saith thank you okay that's not our job tonight okay so we're gonna be delighted to have conversations about our various perspectives and our backgrounds but I'm going to invite you not only tonight but throughout the whole weekend every time you feel a stirring where you think there's an injustice, there's gotta be a bad guy. I want you to actually use that consciousness, use that morality, use that inner compass that we all have, and ask ourselves, what am I being called to do? What am I being called to do? That's the question. Not, how do I find somebody to go get the, find somebody to get the bad guy, right? No, this is about, There's a stirring inside of each of us. You came here for now. So what are you being invited to do? And so Judy and my commitment tonight is to be as raw, as honest, and as truthful as we can possibly be. But neither Judy nor I are the judge, jury, and executioner either. Okay? Facts are welcome. Vindication is saved for another day. That's right. That's right. And that day is coming. Oh. Do, you want to, do you want to say anything before you start?
2: No, just ask me the question. We're yours. We're yours.
1: There's a question over there. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, 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 we can do that. You, you, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a standing mic or a rope. Yeah, we can just go ahead and have a standing mic. If you have a question, come on up, and um, and we'll just have you speak so everybody can hear you. If for any reason standing or moving is a challenge, just let us know, and we'll get the mic to you. Um, so one way or the other, we're going to hear your questions. You know what? Let's, let's kind of see how we're going.
2: Okay. There's a lot of people who want to know about Suramin and Pine Needle Tea. Well, so we um, can just talk about that a little Tomorrow bit. I'm going to talk about Suramin, and uh, tonight I'll talk about Pine Needle Tea. So I talked about...
0: Oh, my goodness. It's doing it again. I think the Wi-Fi is messing up. So... Let me hit pause on this. Sorry about that, guys. I know, just what you Thurman, were... Oh, here we go. And I'll
2: talk about it a lot tomorrow. I did this on purpose at a video.
0: This is so good. You wanna hear it, so I'm gonna hit pause. I didn't, I have to look up this, what she's talking about anyways, and I had to do my own research, and so I'm gonna hit pause on here and see if I can get this video to work.
2: There are antidotes. And one of the antidotes that we discovered that tells us part of what the disease really is was discovered in 1906. Yes. It's a WHO essential medicine called Suramin. It's, it's synthetic. It came from, it was to treat a parasite, a kind of, it's called trypanosome. But there's a dye called trypan blue and it stains the membranes of cells and we use that in the lab to look at cells. So I believe it was Paul Ehrlich who just simply synthesized um, what kept things away from cell membranes and changed energy and charge. And I won't go into it beyond that as far as the chemistry goes. Um, but Suramin, um, in 2015, a clinical trial was done for autism um, in San Diego, um, double-blind placebo-controlled study, and the, the kids, these kids that couldn't talk, couldn't sense, couldn't behave, couldn't calm, um, got their lives back. Um, what's important about that clinical trial is Suramin was owned by Bayer. Um, And it was in 2015, I don't know when, Bayer and Monsanto became one. Um, And we're talking about, and so in that clinical trial, when I worked making cancer drugs, you know, literally my whole life, um, whether from natural products or synthetic um, or energy or anything else, um, uh, when a a clinical trial, double-blind, placebo, saline controlled, went as well as that study went no matter how small, you stop the trial and you give the drug to everyone. They are stopped the trial and it's virtually impossible to get. A lovely Christian woman, and and we tried for two years after that trial in 2015 and I still carry the newspaper article of that. Um, A couple of months ago, uh, a lady um, had a in, in New Orleans, lovely Christian lady um, wrote me and said, Judy, I got some sermon. And this came out of, this had nothing to do with COVID. It came out of, you know, it came from God. Um, <laughs> um, and, and so she, she she said, I got some sermon, but I have a little problem and I'm just praying. And, and she wrote a really long test, please help me because the company asked what she wanted it for. She found a doctor, a, a, a kidney doctor's in New Orleans, and the kidney doctor was willing to say they were gonna purchase it for a study. And so I'm like, oh man, how am I gonna get this done? Cause she said, I need three sentences of what we're gonna do in that study. And I had no answer and I, I spent the whole weekend and forgot it. She wrote me Monday and she said they're not going to send it unless you can give me an answer. So um, I um, was just—it just came to me as all God—and I said okay because I knew they didn't have an IRB, couldn't do a human study, couldn't inject it in anybody. It's research grade. I said, well, tell them they're going—you're going to look at what's called long haul COVID, which is. I'm sorry, myalgic encephalomyelitis, chronic fatigue syndrome patients get long haul COVID um, because they have an imbalanced host response and part of the spike protein is in fact the XMRV envelope. We'll do that tomorrow. The point of the matter is I said, okay, so what we're gonna do is we all all have an endogenous um, gamma retrovirus envelope known as syncytin. Um, It's given to us by God, day one, many mammals, it's it's Velcro that holds the embryo into the uterus. And then the protein is expressed at certain times. So I, I wrote down, I said, okay, we're going to look at long haul COVID and we're going to see if we can stop that by silencing the expression of your endogenous syncytin. And that way you won't develop an autoimmunity to the syncytin um, or um, you won't lose babies um, and things like that so she she wrote i gave it to her and just went on about a very busy day she came back and she said oh my god and and dr laurie here and i were in nashville and she called me um uh, april 14th my father's 90th birthday and so she called me she said we got it they're going to send it federal express a gram of it lasts a lifetime um a gram of it is fabulous um because what they did in all the cancer trials in the eighties when it would have worked then in nineties and beyond, um, was they used it at way too high a dose in the wrong person at the wrong time of the disease, start sounding like AZT, Remdesivir, um, you know, how they made make drugs go away. They won't help you and scare the doctors away. It's not the doctors. So long story short Couple days later, she writes me and she said it got lost in the mail. I said, "Well, sure, it did. It gotcha because." And then I went on Jason Shirka's show, um, talked to a young man, and I and I said, "Sir, and loud and clear." And the whole, I never once uttered pine needles. I know it's a synthetic drug, so you know that utterance of pine needles um, was them telling us to go five-year-olds on a soccer field, look at something else, and somebody making a lot of money it wasn't me. So it's not pine needles, pine ne- uh, sermon is an antidote. There are valuable things in pine bark and I'll show them to you tomorrow. Hope that answers it.
1: <laughs> well, que- the question I have uh, doesn't go on the, uh, the level of what you just answered, but I have a trusted person in my
3: life up in the frozen tundra. And they swear information to me, and when they swear information to me, they usually are pretty accurate. And they said they have proof, and it's
1: about the origins of the coronavirus 19, that it is man-made, created in a lab in Canada, that years before the release in Wuhan, that the man-made out of the lab in Canada was either stolen or taken by espionage, along with a supposed cure. Anything that you know about that? Uh, Yeah, quite a bit. Um, one, one One of the most unfortunate things about this story is we've all been given a script, and the script we've been given is actually containing an enormous number of falsehoods, and then we ask questions about the falsehood. So let's start at the beginning. SARS coronavirus, and you heard what I just said. SARS, okay? Let's get get really precise. SARS coronavirus and all of its subclades are entirely man interfered. Let's get precise with this, okay? I am not suggesting that there are not proteins that express themselves in a number of different animals, and those proteins in some instances have surface proteins like spike proteins that do interact with human condition, but SARS coronavirus is a man manipulated compound it is a bioweapon, it is not a virus listen to what I'm saying and this is so important because we get trapped in saying words that then can be proven false and if we said the truth precisely we wouldn't get in the trap They actually laid bear traps out there by telling us things like COVID-19 is caused by SARS. No, it isn't. COVID-19 is a series of clinical symptoms. It has no causality whatsoever. There's not a virus that causes COVID-19. There never has been and there never will be a virus that causes, listen, causes COVID-19 because causality has not nor will it ever be established. But when we get caught up in their lexicon, that was given to us to confuse us. The bioweaponization of the what's called SARS-CoV-2 took place, funded by Anthony Fauci, in a grant in 1999. That's when the bioweapon was built. By 2002, that bioweapon had been shared as a data stream, not as a piece of matter, but as a data field. It had been shared to a number of labs around the world. Those labs were all involved in some form of -of gain-of-function study, and gain-of-function merely means amplification of a thing that is designed for a particular feature or set of features. And the reason why coronavirus was such an attractive thing was the spike protein. Because the spike protein was seen in 1999 as a possible vaccine vector. In other words, rather than getting a shot, you'd actually get a virus, and that virus would in fact be a vaccine. This was designed as part of the HIV program explicitly. The grant actually was part of building a vaccine for HIV. That's where it all started in 1999. In 1999, the weaponization of this was actually explicit in the first NIAID grant. And DARPA was involved in this, as were a bunch of other defense agencies. And specifically what was done in 1999 was human lung epithelium was targeted for the first time because coronavirus was actually pretty innocuous to the majority of human interactions but human lung epithelium was specifically targeted such that this would become a pathogen to the human lung. We built SARS. Humans built SARS and US taxpayers paid for it. In 1999, we built a bioweapon. I wrote my first classified briefing on it in 2001. I actually gave the lectures on bioweapons and uh, global security in 2003 in Bled Slovenia. In 2004 in the Islamic Republic of Iran at the National Bioweapons Conference in Iran. This is a history record that is not new to this conversation. This was known, and we, in 2005, decided to make it a DARPA funded initiative. 2005, I want this number to stick in your head because this number unfortunately was cut out of the movie, it's been cut out of a lot of things, so you're not gonna have to cut it out of your brain because I'm gonna give it to you right now. Anthony Fauci has spent, listen to this number, $191 billion, not 3.7 million, not 30 million, 191 billion dollars of audited funds for the bioweaponization of viruses against humanity and it's your money that has been spent 191 billion dollars and do you think you can get any agency or oversight body or any politician to even take that investigation on despite the fact that we have every grant recipient every person their address their phone number their laboratory We literally have the entirety of where that money went. And not a single investigation agency in this country is willing to look. This is a bioweapons program designed to kill us. That's what it is. And it's not just designed to kill us. It's designed to kill massive numbers of the population. We do not have a virus. We have a biological weapon.
3: The video was quite enlightening to me and is it possible to purchase that or where is it available at because i share things like that
1: yeah cool question this is a gift from people like judy and me and mickey and the whole team that built it we actually intentionally did not take funding for it we intentionally did not commercialize it it is available online there is not as you noticed copyright statements You didn't see that FBI warning at the beginning that says that you're not allowed to do something? Because, F the FBI. Our view, our view, our view is really simple. Our view is really simple. This is humanity's story, which means it is open source, it's free, you move it anywhere you can, and you can get it off BitChute, you can get it off PlandemicSeries.com, You can get it off of Thrive the Movie, Foster Gamble put it up on ThriveTheMovie.com. I think it's up on that website. And it has been propagated. If you don't mind getting a lot of email spam, you can get it off of Brian Rose's London Reel. And I told you that because if you do sign up for it, you get a lot of Brian Rose, but you can watch it off of there. But this is a gift to humanity. And it is a gift that needs to be given this is the time that this film needs to actually get re-released because everything in here is actually now mainstream right we've caught up with the story and that
2: movie was aired first august 18th last year before any of this happened yes Yes. august 18th and if you look at freedomplatform.tv forward slash willis on august 19th You can see Mickey Willis go into great detail about the history and some of that that wasn't told. And then if you do freedomplatform.tv forward slash Martin, right about September 16th is when I saw it, um, a Thursday or so, in 2020. You can see him go into great detail um, and tell the stories of, you know, how God brought us all here. And I think I talked with Brian Rose, oh, or far earlier, March yeah, you or were so. Yeah, March or April. April. Yeah. yeah. But freedomplatform.tv. Wait, I got, I got, I got,
0: I, got, I can't
3: myself. The answer to that question is, everybody ready? Yes. Plandemicseries.com. Thank you. Say it. Okay. Pandemicseries.com. <laughs> Yeah. Judy's Mickey interviewed her for all the stuff she was attacked for. It's all the ways to get it to people. It's all the clips. People in this room, pandemic series time.
2: You'll see it all. Yeah. The reason
1: why, the reason why I'm giving you the other ones, and I appreciate that. The reason I'm giving the other ones is because recently, as recently as four hours ago, because we're hacked. doing this event,
2: right? It got that
1: hacked. Website was taken down. You're welcome, because of all of you, you are responsible. (laughs) The fact is, we're going to rise bigger. So, find it, share it, get it into your communities. Yes.
2: I get a lot of solicitations in Washington State asking uh, for both unvaccinated and vaccinated people to give blood. If vaccinated people give blood, is there going to be harm to us if we get their blood? And what should we do? Um, This was a problem and I'll talk about it again tomorrow, but I'll just say simply, There's a technology, there are many, a company named Cirrus, C-E-R-U-S, and they're in Washington, upstate Washington. I keep saying it as if you're talking to your phone, hey, Siri, wake up and decant decontaminated this synthetic lipid nanoparticle. The technology in Sirius currently can can inactivate Ebola, HIV, HTLV, XMRV, and uh, RNA viruses, every one of these. We don't know about the synthetic nanoparticle, but um, um, I think there's a lot of money to be made. we don't want to fear anybody, as you saw at the end. Um, we've got to have the confidence, and regardless of whether or not you've been vaccinated, there are lots of solutions, and we'll give you them tomorrow.
1: Yeah, and 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 once again, I I, I would add only that um, the the long term effects of all of this intervention are actually woefully lacking in terms of their understanding. And the reason for that is because what we know is that somewhere around the 20th of January, on a phone call between a person at Moderna and a person at the Vaccine Research Center, the actual sequence that goes into both the Moderna and the Pfizer-BioNTech, what they're calling the vaccine, it's a gene therapy, that the the thing that was transferred has never been disclosed. It was not sampled from a biological product. What we do know is that it was a synthetic chimeric alteration, and those are big words. Synthetic's easy, made from. Chimeric is scary for a good reason, because chimeras are scary, that's why. Um, And what we do not know because it has not been disclosed and it will not be disclosed for those of you watching butterfly of the week I talked about this last week. Um, It won't be disclosed because it's copyrighted. So even if you go to ask for it you can't get it. We do not actually know the sequence that was actually transferred between VRC the vaccine research center and what went to Moderna and ultimately went to Pfizer BioNTech and because of that. As much as we know about the fact that it was an amplification of the spike protein in a form, we actually don't know the actual ingredient. And that's the reason why, at this point in time, my view is that this will take some time to answer the question correctly. Because we simply will not have an answer until we can reverse, essentially reverse engineer what's in the actual injections. And the problem with that is they are not uniform. In other words, you might get it absolutely right with what was sent to Atlanta, but that may not be the same thing that was sent to Michigan. Yeah,
3: um, I was wanting to ask something about the coronavirus. Why would somebody want to buy that coronavirus um, not for um, despite
1: the money, but would there be another agenda with that? Yeah, so, so tomorrow my presentation is going to take us back to the root of this particular outbreak which actually started in 1804. You heard that correct. Um, so I'm going to take you on a little history journey and the reason I'm going to do that is because it's really important for us to understand this was not an overnight thing. A lot of us think, oh my gosh, how did it happen so quick? It didn't. This outbreak started in 1804. This outbreak. Coronavirus turns out to be somewhat irrelevant in terms of a pathogen. The science of the spike protein interaction with the human cell was the real interesting thing. The way in which the actual thing which happens to express not only in coronavirus, but in a lot of other things, it turns out coronavirus as a structure was just highly manipulatable. So it was the cheapest way to make a bioweapon inexpensively with a high degree of variability. And that's the reason why it turns out, as I say in the film, since 2003, the commercial industrial complex on the bioweapon called SARS, has been exploited by and owned by cdc and nih since
0: 2003
3: um, i have to set my question up by a more quick statement president trump was right on therapeutics for dealing with this how did he go so far off with the vaccine situation
1: so So, I say in the film, and I wish that we could have had the hour-long answer, rather than the seven-second answer, about our elected leaders being compromised, Um, it turns out that in the case of Donald Trump, he did not fully appreciate the role of Alexander Emazar. How many of you actually know who I mean when I say Alexander Emazar? The fact that this auditorium doesn't have every hand up is the problem. Alexander Emazar was the person who was appointed to be the head of the Department of Health and Human Services by President Trump, allegedly, and it turns out he was not a medical doctor. He was a lobbyist for the pharmaceutical industry. He was always a lobbyist. He's a lawyer and a lobbyist, and it turns out that President Trump was surrounded by a group of advisors who absolutely locked him out of information entirely. We had many of his family members trying to deliver this information into his office, and Alexander Mazar made sure that President Trump saw none of it. Okay, so this is one of those things where as well-meaning or not as he might have been on other matters. He delegated to bioweapons programs the health of America. It was a bad decision. We have to call it what it is. It was a bad decision.
2: But I could say in his defense, oh, he stopped the travel. He tried to bring in Scott Atlas and get rid oh, of yeah. Tony Fauci. Yeah. He took the hydroxychloroquine, the chlorine dioxide he got laughed at for drinking bleach. We remember it. He tried to show us, you know, do his yeah. I You know, don't do
1: as I say, watch what I do. Yeah, no, and I I agree. All I'm saying is we have a leadership problem and people, we have to call it what it is. We have a leadership problem. We have a problem where we may have people of good standing and good merit and everything else and they surround themselves with advisors and they don't actually discern who is giving the advice. And the fact of the matter is we are in the problem we're in right now in this expression because of a decision that was made to put up as the recommendation for the Department of Health and Human Services, a person who had a financial interest in a global vaccination program. And let me be abundantly clear by what I mean. In 2016, at a meeting in which he was very much part of the conversation, the following quote was made, for the public to accept a pan-coronavirus vaccine. And by the way, did you just hear what I said? In 2016, for the public to accept it, we need the media to create hype and investors will follow the hype." That's a quote in 2016. That was under a different administration, wasn't it? Just saying. So it seems, am I
3: on? Yeah. It seems there are two issues. There's this disease with respiratory symptoms and then there's a vaccine. In my experience in the medical community, which is big, we found that the disease that we call COVID-19 is extremely easy to treat. Yes. But the vaccine, seems to be very dangerous so i'm asking you isn't it important to get the message out that the covid 19 that disease that does cause a cough will uh, give you a sore throat no smell no taste all of that very easy to treat but the vaccine it's extremely dangerous it seems that we need to
1: get that out to everybody
3: easy to treat no need to
1: worry would you agree Uh, so i wholeheartedly agree i'm sure you do as well in terms of the fact that once again we don't have a disease we have a set of clinical symptoms so we don't have a thing that is what we're told we have it doesn't exist we do have a series of clinical symptoms and to your point Many of them are replicated across a number of people and fragments of what I call the bioweapon show up in those samples, which means bioweapon has been released. That's, that's what that means. What I think is important to understand is that the vaccine is not a vaccine and, and we need to be precise about what this is. Our definition, and by the way, our definition is a legal definition. Up until this round, vaccines had to do one of two things. They had to confer some form of immunity, which means that you could be exposed to a pathogen and the pathogen didn't actually do something in your body. So that's option one. Option two is it had to stop transmission. Okay? Zach Towles, the guy who runs Moderna, made it abundantly clear in his written and oral statements that this was a treatment for symptom control not a vaccine the illusion of herd immunity coming from this thing could not be more of an illusion because you cannot create an immunity when you've built a thing that is supposed to number one inside of the human body create a pathogen you're not creating an immunity what the injection does is it turns your cell on to create a pathogen and then we're rolling the dice to hope that the pathogen that we put in you somehow mysteriously triggers an immune response in your body. This is the first time we've been that lunatic. The vaccine itself is yet another bioweapon. And it meets the legal definition of a bioweapon, and one day we will actually see that it will have been adjudicated as a bioweapon. We are killing people to allegedly lessen symptoms for a set of conditions for which we don't know the cause.
2: And and if you have treatments, as you just said, they can't use them emergency right. use. How do you think they're getting their phase three clinical trials done? You are the animals.
1: Yeah. So thank you for raising that.
3: And one last statement from a guy who's fought COVID now for two years. It's easy to treat.
1: Yes.
2: Correct. Correct. And, and, sir, I'll show you tomorrow for the rest of the audience. So is the vaccine injury, because <laughs> it's the disease. We got it. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Jeff Pickerl, uh,
3: Dr. Mikevitz, Mike, Dr. Martin, thank you so much for being here. It's a real honor. Um, I'm working in Marin County to try to help halt the vaccinations of teenagers and young adults, and we're going up against a lot of the elected officials there. Some success. Um, Watching this film especially, and you, Dr. Martin, with, uh, helped me really put the pieces together to understand the nature of this biological war. Yeah. And um, so I go and I think about your statements about your company being hired to do this investigation in 1999, um, are you able to talk about who hired you and what kind of the outcome of that was? And like, who would hire you to investigate biological weapons? I'm
1: just curious. Okay, beautiful question. I was born to do it, I wasn't hired to do it. I, I have inside of my organization, MCAM, inside of our organization, we live by a very bizarre, very old, and by very old, I mean about 6,000 year old business model. What we do is we only ever allow ourselves to participate economically for one-sixth of the value we create. This, by the way, comes from a beautiful story that comes out of the book of Genesis. Happens to be what Joseph did in the land of Egypt. I built my business 30 years ago on Joseph in the land of Egypt to deal with the years of famine and the years of plenty. To do that, one-sixth of our business can be monetarily rewarded. One-sixth can be rewarded in physical material, so land or commodities or other things. One-sixth has to be in the building of community and custom and culture. One-sixth has to be in the dissemination of knowledge. One-sixth can be compensated monetarily. One-sixth can be done through technology. And one-sixth has to be building the well-being of humanity. So at any point in time, we cannot ever get more than 18% of our compensation monetarily. And it turns out that I tried in 1999, after briefing the US government and a number of our allies, I tried to figure out where we could park this information. Because it turns out, You can imagine how popular I was. (laughs) My popularity index, I think, went down. But what we did was we decided to go to the Mubarak Foundation in Egypt. They were rebuilding the Library of Alexandria. And we decided to put the permanent record of the biological